way, to be completely honest, we love going on vacation. So having the money to travel to different parts of the world or our country to invest in our marriage and balance work-life stress is super important to us. It really is, yes. Such an important thing. And for this reason and many, many other reasons, we are excited to talk about the topic of money and managing money in marriage today. Hey, with that, we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. We happen to get excited around here about loving the fight, and that's what we want to encourage every couple to do, to love fighting for their marriage. Well, before we go any further, Don, I just want to encourage all of those of you out there that are listening, if you would, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That way, every week when this podcast comes out, you will receive an updated episode. So we want to make sure that you know that that's available. Also, we would really love to ask you to give us a five-star review. That way, other couples are able to see that and find out about this podcast. Well, we want to thank you so much for listening today. It's so cool to be able to look at where you guys, our listeners, are listening from. And beyond the United States, the Loving the Fight Marriage podcast has been downloaded in 52 wow. countries. Love That's that. amazing. It's mind-blowing. So today we want to give a shout out to those listening in Germany. Like in Germany, how cool <laughs> is that? So if you're listening from Germany, man, this show wow. is for you guys. It is so for We're, you guys. It's such an honor to have you with us. Yeah, one of the coolest countries on the planet. Yeah. I mean, gorgeous, amazing. We're going to get there someday, but every picture we see, it's drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. We love to travel and Germany is definitely one of our future travel destinations. Well, today we are sitting and we're looking out our window and it's raining today and it hasn't rained here for quite a while. So it's just completely different. Normally we wouldn't be pumped about it, but today we are because we definitely need the rain. You can just see people's grass or, you know, it's, they're torched. It's been very, very dry. So we're thanking God for the rain today. And it's funny though, on rainy days, it seems like time just kind of slows down, doesn't it? And life yeah, just slows I love down. That. That's so healthy. Yeah. Helpful. I'm not sure why, why, why does this happen? But you know, what? it's nice that it actually does happen. Sometimes we just need those slow, lazy days. And today, we took a nap. Like, we don't take naps very often, and it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Uh, not only did we take a nap, but we took, like, almost a two-hour yeah, nap. Were, I think it was out for an hour yeah. and 45 minutes. You were sound asleep. Wow. <laughs> I probably was in a coma, and so I'm glad that you woke me up, Don. And truth be told, if I get into too deep of a sleep, Don, you know this. Uh, most of the world would not know this, but I'm a sleepwalker. You are. You so are a sleepwalker. it's good that you woke me yep. up because if I get too tired and too much of sleep, then I start to live out my right. dreams. I start to just walk them out. Anyway. I don't but, know if that actually have ever happened in the middle of a nap during the day. I don't it's think so. It's more a sleepwalker at night. Yes. But if it did, that would be really weird. That and would be. So I'm really glad that you woke me up. I mean, I have that reoccurring dream that sometimes I'll wake you up in the middle of the night and our bed is teetering on one board and yeah. it's barely balancing. The rest of the floor has fallen and there's a thousand foot like a drop off below us. And I wake you up and I'm like, Don, don't move. The yeah, bed's going to fall off. You always tell me not to move. We're going to die. Don. And then I'm just sleepwalking. It's funny at 2 a.m. when I'm sound asleep and you wake me up and tell me not to move, the first thing I'm going to do is move. Like, <laughs> But it's funny because I can always see you. Then you usually jump up and you look out the window. So you open right, the blade, right. blinds and look out the window. And I'm like, oh. But you know what? It's not as bad. You know, you don't ever leave the house ever. 
which is great. That but, is good. Yeah. And it was just a nap. Yep. So we, we avoided that. Well, your sleepwalking makes life a little interesting. It does for sure. Well, hey, today we're going to be talking about one of our favorite subjects, and that is managing money in marriage. But before we do, we want to start with a story, really our story. Back when we were first married, we didn't really have much. We were kind of penniless, right, Don? Right. It's funny, though, because I don't think we knew that, but... That was the reality. We were young, <laughs> broke, and in love. And we didn't even really have very many assets. I mean, we just had a lot of nothing. I was working a full-time job without an education, and we were married. And we had our first child, Alex. It was at that time that I decided to go to college. I didn't go to college right out of high school at 18. And it had always been my dream to go to college, but I didn't come from a family who went to college. So we jumped off a cliff, a cliff for us at 21, married with a kid and a house. I quit my full-time, really good paying job. And I took a 30-hour a week part-time job and I started to go to college. Again, we, we had all of those responsibilities, but our vision Don, of course, was for you to be able to stay home with the kids, you know, with our son, right. Alex, at the time. But we knew we were going to eventually have more kids. So, Don, you started to watch a little boy the same age as her son. So between my part-time job and you watching that little boy that would play with our son in our home and you were trying to make money, uh, we barely scraped by while I went to college. We were so broke. I was a part-time youth pastor at the time as well, but I only got paid 50 $50 a week. And this was kind of funny. So this is my like second part-time job, but that particular church didn't have a budget for us to spend money on the youth, like events, things like that. So we took the $50 a week and we used it as our budget. That was our youth budget. Yep. But we could have used <laughs> right. it to like live on. We were so broke at that point. It's crazy. Cause you were working 30 hours a week. You went to school full time. I think you were doing like 17 credits and you were a part-time youth pastor. We were so busy. It was crazy, our life at that moment in life. Yeah, and I remember how financially thin we got at one point. We were barely just kind of getting by, and Christmas was coming, and so we decided to do the only thing we knew to do, and that was to go and uh, give plasma. We right. donated plasma, we and back then... We rolled up our sleeves. <laughs> we did. There was a stigma back then. It was poor college students and people who were not doing a lot of great things in life <laughs> were, were donating plasma, but we did. We were like, we didn't care, and... And we just, you know, wanted to be able to get by better, be able to buy Christmas gifts for our son. And uh, it helped. It, it actually helped us get through that difficult time. Well, those hard times taught us so much about ourselves and our relationship. Money and marriage has made our relationship better at times. And of course, at other seasons of our lives, it has heaped a ton of stress and division on us as a couple. So today's topic title is how to manage money in marriage and stay Happily married. I mean, money and, you know, marriage, they go hand in hand, but how do you stay happily yeah. married in the midst of finances? It's so and important. Stress. Yep. So with that, I'm just, there's a couple of questions that we're going to discuss today. You know, what does money look like in your marriage? What should it look like? How should you feel about money? And what was Jesus' view of money? And how should his perspective impact yours as a married couple? But before we go any further, we just want to throw out this disclaimer yeah, to you guys. This is really important. You guys, we are not financial advisors. And we just really believe that every person, every couple should go and meet with a financial advisor to get that professional advice from someone who can really tell you how to 
you know, invest your money and how to spend your money. Yeah, that's really important to go to somebody who's really, really crazy, wise and good and specifically in that yep. field. Yeah. So we're not financial advisors, but what we can tell you, though, is that as a married couple of 28 years, as a couple who has taught on and encouraged marriages for years, we know that married couples must own, literally own the area of money in their marriages. If you don't own this area and drive it with your beliefs and intentional actions, then it will own you and potentially destroy your marriage relationship. Some of our biggest fights, I know, Travis, and arguments have been over money and the stress that has placed on our own marriage. Yeah, that's so true. Some of the biggest ones. So here's what we mean. You guys, money is not our master. We master money. We make it our slave. Jesus said, you will either love money or God. You choose. In Matthew 6, 24, it says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Man, Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter. And it's amazing because in our world today, and maybe in a lot of marriages, people focus on money. And so Jesus was like wanting to deal with it and do such a great job of making sure that we know the view of money, what it should be in marriage. I love Jesus' bluntness. I think it's fascinating that he basically says when it comes to money and God, if you are passive or double-minded, you will hate one and serve the other. He says, you can't serve both God and money. He uses the word hate. And I I know Travis, hate is a very strong strong word. Not just love one more than the other. You will literally despise one over another. So what's it going to be in your life, in your marriage? Is it God or money? Yeah, it's a great question, Don. In marriage, money can be such a big issue. But of course, every couple must master this issue. For too long, many of us in our marriages, we've been in the passenger seat. It's time to rip the key out of the car and get in the driver's seat as a couple with money. You don't have a choice. If you don't make money pay you and make it your servant, I like to say it will play you. Yes, <laughs> You've got to be on top of it. As a couple, you must be on the same page with money and how you view it and how you use it and how you're going to let it impact you and your marriage. Now, Don, you and I have very different views of maybe money and how we relate to it. And a lot of that, our views and our perspective has come from the, I'd like to say our upbringing or our baggage, even some of that growing up. See, I don't like to talk about money publicly, my personal money. I'll I'll be talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I have this much money in the bank. And I'm, I I freak out. I'm like, you just said how much money you have in your bank account. I don't do that. I'm insanely private with money or our money, I should say, Don. I am a moderate, calculated risk taker when it comes to money and investments. I don't want money to just sit there. I want to take risks, but I don't want to bet the whole farm and lose everything. I really want to be calculated. So using money as a tool or even leverage credit from a bank, it doesn't scare me as long as it's done wisely and for investments and for the right reasons. I, of course, Don, came from a very poor family that literally 
had we had nothing to lose because we had nothing. Kind of like when we first started off in marriage. Everything was up from where I came from financially. Everything was up. We had nothing. Uh, I have an abundance mentality that is tied to my optimism. So that's different as yeah. well. And this view has caused conflict at times in our marriage, especially yeah. my optimism and my bent for a slightly uh, more risk-taking kind of view right. of managing money. It's interesting because in marriage, obviously there's two people that make one marriage and we do definitely have totally different views of money and we've had to make it work so we could be happily married. I know I grew up in an environment where we had just enough. There was a lot of us. There was nine of us in a household. When we first started out, Travis, in our marriage, and when money was very tight, I definitely adopted a very frugal mindset. And because I was frugal, this allowed us to have just enough. Like we had just enough food and just enough to pay our bills, but there was really nothing extra. But you know what? Because of that, I always, I'm the type of person, I long for security and stability. And I always view saving as a safer option. I'm not a risk taker or not a great risk taker when it comes to money and investing. I just, when we have, you know, give each other an extra money on allowance, I tend to save mine. Like I'm a saver. Yeah. And it's so, again, we're so different. Like our yeah. backgrounds and who we are and how we view money. But it's funny, Don, because when you and I first got married and we didn't have very much money and we went through those struggles, like that really helped us. Those were good things. We don't look yeah. at that as scar. No. I think of memories like when, again, I hear I'm working this part-time job 30 hours a week. Then I'm also a part-time youth pastor. And we we would take the the students from our youth group and we would do funny things like Wednesday was Whopper Wednesday at the local yeah, Burger King. And we would go backwards through the drive-thru and order like four 99-cent Whoppers. 99 cents is great. It was <laughs> awesome. And the students, you know, we'd have a blast and we'd get these cheap Whoppers and that's all we'd eat. No fries, no pop because we were so right. broke. But those are good memories. It's great though, because we always had enough. And honestly, we love life. You guys, we have lived a great life. I never look back and think, man, we didn't have much. I love life. I love my life. I would never change anything about it. So although we approach money from very different perspectives as a husband and a wife, we are currently both on the same page with how money is our servant, how we give it jobs to do for us, and we expect results from our money. We will not bow our knees to money or society's view of chasing right. money. Money's not going to be our God. No. It's not going to be the God of our marriage that we serve. And here's why we choose to live this way. We have driven a stake in the ground when it comes to money right. and our marriage. You see, right after Jesus said the words, the blunt words, you're either going to love God or money. He goes on to say, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus, of course, as we know, Don was saying, look, get a grip, get a perspective, place your faith and trust in me, not in the power of money or your ability to make money or wield money as a tool, but in me. Right. And that's where we're, our faith is going to land. And that's why it doesn't matter if the economy collapses tomorrow, we're going to wake up, we're going to bend our knees and we're going to pray to Jesus right. and serve him. Jesus finishes this whole topic. He says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. 
but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, so good and so needed for our marriage and in our world today. Hey friends, we'll get right back to the episode, but we just wanted to say if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, please consider sharing it on social media, leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe. We would also love to hear from you, so feel free to leave a comment. And for more information about Travis or Don Rosinger, go to lovingthefight.com. If you really think about it, Jesus is wanting us to build our lives on faith in him and his power and his ability to provide for us. And I can just look back at our life, Travis. We didn't have much, but we always had enough and God always provided. Like, I appreciate that. We never had to worry about that. But here are some ways that we, Travis, you and I, as a couple, try to live out biblical wisdom for money and also as stewards of the gifts that God gives us. The first thing that we do, tithe first. God allows us to keep 90% and he asks for us to give him the first 10%. This is what we have done throughout our entire marriage. We feel so blessed to be able to keep 90%, but tithing, we both agree on that. We want to make sure that we're giving that 10% to God. Yeah. And as followers of Jesus, it's just saying, look, we're going to, we're going to make God the focus of our money. We're going to make money the servant and God is, you know, is who we serve. And the word tithe literally means the 10th part or one tenth. And so we just, we just take the top 10th off 10% and we give it to God. It's funny because God doesn't need our money. He just wants our heart. Andy Stanley once said, greed is not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. Yeah, it so is. I mean, really, it comes down to, do you own your money or does your money own you? And once it starts to own you, it's in your heart. It's not in your mind. You're not driving it as a tool or making it the slave. You are now its slave. You are serving money and you've given your heart to it. So after tithe, you know what? Another thing that we do as a couple to live out biblical wisdom and also be stewards of the gifts that God has given us is we have set a budget. We live by a budget. We don't go blow tons of money. That's not planned. Occasionally, you know what? Yeah, we'll divert, but we are pretty disciplined in that area. We have an Excel spreadsheet and we are constantly looking at it, not because money owns us at all, but because we want to make sure that we are living by that budget. Yeah, we have an Excel spreadsheet, but we also use every dollar. Yep. And that's an app from uh, Dave Ramsey FPU. And it's, it's just so awesome. It's a great app. And you know what's great? It eliminates any kind of potential frustration or curveballs that we might financially send and throw at each other, Don. And so it just dissolves right. all that potential friction. As a couple from the beginning, we have shared resources. We share all of our bank accounts. What is mine? you know, is yours and what's yours is mine. We started that from the beginning. We share our resources. Yeah. That, and that would be tough for us. I think Don to, if I had one or two separate checking accounts, savings accounts, or I had money somewhere else, we just, we just don't do that. Right. We are either all in this marriage together, including our finances or not. And so we would encourage every couple to share your resources with one another. As a couple, I know another thing that we do to try to make sure that we're good stewards of what God has given us is that we're very frugal. We're not cheap. 
but we're very frugal. We are always looking for ways to save money or to spend less. Just for a couple examples, we brown bag our lunches. We don't go out to lunch every day. I mean, occasionally we may break that rule, but we bring our own lunches from home or to I make, work. make yeah. extra for supper and we bring them to lunch the next day. We don't buy coffee, you know, every day or go to coffee shops, you know, regularly. We have a great coffee maker yeah. and I love my coffee in the morning and we make hot coffee and we bring any extra to work with us. Yeah. High quality coffee. I always say, Don, I would, I'd rather have somebody else drink the fancy coffee and I'm going to take that money, store it up and I'm going to go travel the world right. or travel our country. <laughs> right. I want to, I want to do something fun right. with it because over time it builds up and we, we can live life yes. with that coffee money. We've definitely done the math on the $5 a day for coffee and right. we would much <laughs> rather travel then drink coffee every single day from a coffee shop. Another frugal thing that we have, we always buy clothes that are on sale. We never just go to the rack and just pick them off the rack. Never. We wait for <laughs> that to say 20, 30, 40, 50% off. I mean, I have no problem as well going to thrift shops. There's sometimes I need clothes that may not be super nice. I'll go to a thrift shop to get a pair of jeans. I'll go and get t-shirts. You know, I'll go get sweatshirts. And it's like being a hunter going out yeah. into the woods. We come back and we're like, oh my gosh, I just got these amazing Nikes or I just got these incredible, you know, outfits and they're only yeah. this much and you feel like you've won something or you've accomplished something. It's so cool. Yeah, we're kind of funny, aren't we, Don? I mean, we're so frugal that when we go out to eat and we spend $35 between the two of us on a on a dinner, we feel rich. Right. We're like, And that's wow. with leaving a good tip. So you can tell what we order off the menu isn't yeah. very expensive. We're like, we... <laughs> We just feel so blessed. And I think that's part of it too. In our frugality, we just are constantly counting our blessings and realizing that people around the world don't always have, or even in our own country, don't always have the ability to do those things. And so we're so grateful. I know our vacations, Don, they're amazing, but they're always some of the best deals that we can find for travel. When we've traveled abroad or we've traveled across the United States, sometimes those airplane tickets are so dirt cheap. And our destination, part of the, part of the trick of being able to travel a lot for us, we have a list of like 20 destinations we want to go to, but we don't narrow it down to just one for that moment, that specific week. We're like, which one of those 20 is cheapest? And we have that running list of great places that we want to go. And that's how we've done a lot of our traveling. We flew to London for under $300. I mean, those were dirt cheap tickets from Minneapolis. It was crazy. (laughs) We just dialed up tickets to Alaska and back for $197. There are deals out there. You just have to look for them. They're out there. You got to be flexible with your dates and be flexible with your destinations. I know that for you and I, little things, we drop the heat at night in the winter and we sleep with it kind of cool, but lots of blankets. We love it that way. And then in the summer, when we leave the house during the day to go to work, we let it get a lot warmer in our place just to save money. And again, we're talking about frugality. I I know I think of my car. It it is so free to keep driving my car. It's an older car, but it costs me (laughs) nothing. It's a diesel and I get like 40 plus miles to, to the gallon. And so those are some examples of how we save money. Again, you guys, we're not cheap people. We're just very frugal. We look at for deals and we make sure that we're not wasting money when there's deals to be had. Yeah. I think another part when it comes to managing money and marriage, we know the differences between our needs and our wants. And this is huge. 
we have decided that we're not going to let our wants dictate what we're going to purchase. And so it's a rare exception that we go out and buy something that we just want. Right. We usually focus on the things that we need. We also have an emergency fund. We want to maintain a certain level of liquidity of cash on hand so that we can run out and buy a car. Let's say my car broke down. I want to be able to buy one with cash or have enough money in our bank account of six months of expenses to be able to last. But we don't want too much liquidity. We want to make sure that the money outside of those those kind of target areas or volumes is actually working on our behalf. We also, another big important thing for us is to be financially wise. Right. When we've looked for houses that we want to buy to be able to invest in or to flip, we are looking for ones that we can get our hands dirty and we can, you know, either fix them up ourselves with sweat equity and sell them and make money or really uh, that's just an insane value. Right. And it's not like we're big flippers. We're not saying that, but the houses that we've owned and, and bought and sold, we just want to be wise. We look for value and a return on our investments. I think we learned a long time ago that memories can be made anywhere. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have your amazing dream home. You literally can make incredible memories with your family anywhere. And I know to me, it's just, it has to be clean, but we are very financially wise when it comes to buying houses. Yeah. And a couple other things that we do, just again, we're talking about managing money and marriage. Right. It really, so that you can continue to be happily married. Yes. And another stewards. area that we land on is we want to give someone else hope in the area of finances. Not only do we want to tithe and put God first, but we want to give. And so we absolutely love the idea of using our household money to help feed kids around the world, kids that might not have anything to eat or might not be getting a good education. So that that's why we've been supporting and sending money through Compassion International for the last 10 years. And we're not telling you that to say, hey, look at us. We're somehow, you know, we're saints. We're, we're these great people, but we're just trying to be transparent and to pull back the curtain and let you guys know how we manage money in our marriage. And it helps keep us happily married because we just love people right. way more than money. We love yes. people and God's kingdom. We also believe in supporting missionaries. We want to help invest and build God's kingdom around the world. And that is why we support a couple of missionaries who are trying to reach people for Jesus. So here is our best advice for you guys today. Decide that you're going to be on the same page financially as a couple. Get and stay on a budget. Make some financial goals. Invest in multiple different ways and work hard at your regular job along with considering a side hustle if you need one. No matter what you do, just agree to be on the same page financially. That's one thing that we had to do, Travis, as a couple. We had to look at each other. You know, we grew up differently, but we had to make sure, you know what? Even though we have different values in certain areas, we are going to be on the same page financially. Yeah, and this has been part one of how to manage money in marriage and stay happily married and just us sharing some of our thoughts or yep. some of our rhythms, lifestyles in regards to money and how we make it our slave. It's a tool to be able to live life, but to bless others. So don't forget to join us next week for part two of how to manage money and marriage and stay happily married. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. We're so excited that you guys are with us today. You guys got this. You can do it. Keep loving the fight. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. If this podcast encouraged you, then be sure to share it with others that you care about through your Facebook page, Instagram, or other social media channels. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not subscribed. And please click like and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. For more conversations about marriage and what it takes to make sure that you are loving the fight, visit us at lovingthefight.com. See you next time.